insulting. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. it would just come off as like, hey, you can't judge it, us. Where be, you come it'd, from? It'd be you pandering. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. then again, you could all, you all you could always have the. Uh, I mean, I did live in Mississippi for five years. I, I, yeah. I've seen. I've seen uh, how this is in the South, really. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about their flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> how, how their actual state flag has the Confederate flag in it. I know. I couldn't believe it when I... I, I didn't realize that until I moved down there. And it was really? On the, yeah, and it was on the top of the hotel I was staying at. I was like, oh, no. what the... F-? I was like, oh, my God. I moved to the <laughs> only state. Even by that time, it was 04 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it Did- was... Uh, it was it was already the last man, and and that's coming from a a, a guy from Virginia, really. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. <laughs> but like, whenever you went down there for the first time, did you hear like the uh, the banjo in your head, like <laughs> maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. <laughs> you better turn back around, boy. <laughs> I mean, it's noticeable in the same way that like air quality is different in yeah. Los Angeles. Like, I'm sure you experience that when you're like. Wow, I do. I mean, it just smells like it smells. Out it here. smells like yeah. straight sewer and ass. If you're in downtown <laughs> L.A., yeah. Or you notice, like, you literally smell the smog. You're like, oh, that's mm-hmm. the different smell. Like, you do notice the difference in health lifestyle. I'll say, you know, what I mean, like, it, really? it does stick out that like it's you know the most obese state in the union. Yeah. Well, I, I is like, uh is it Mississippi or is it Texas still? I, I it was always Mississippi the all the years I was lived it down really there. okay. Yeah. I, I know for a while, uh, maybe after you moved up here, maybe hey. uh, maybe after you moved, <laughs> no, they got I, healthier. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I after you moved up here, I, I thought for I thought for a while it was Texas. Um, (laughs) after you moved to PA, Mississippi just totally changed their ways. Well, on a completely unrelated note, I just just want you to be aware while some people like pack lunches and like meal prep, I packed Mm -hmm. a freshly baked cinnamon roll for, for today's record. So, so that's, uh, that's what I'm doing right now. That's your chow down. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Should we get going? Might as well. Yeah. All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 6, Episode 15, The Beard. But before that, uh, I don't think... I didn't write down that we had any homework from the <laughs> previous episode of Highlights of 100, did we? <laughs> no, no, we we, okay, we didn't. No. <laughs> I didn't think so, because it was all stuff we'd seen before, except that first like 45 seconds, whatever it was. Yeah. But I did find uh, some other interesting tidbits about the actual episode. Okay. Uh, as, as suspected, as you might suspect, in syndication, Highlights of 100 airs as two separate episodes of 30 minutes each, with a second intro at the beginning of the second episode. I don't mm. know whether they mean a second new intro, or whether they, they just replay that first 45, 50 seconds, whatever it is. Um, my guess is it's probably not a new intro. No, I, I, I would, I, I would say that it's probably just the same thing. Because if, um, yeah. if it was a new intro, I feel like they would have uh, spliced that into yeah. the, uh, into like the halfway point on the on totally. the Hulu version, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would hope so. And so, the, and, and that first intro is pretty generic. You know, it's just like, hey, let's check out some stuff. Let, like, let, let's check out yeah. some clips. Click. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but interestingly enough, Highlights of 100 was the first episode available on home video released in 1995 on VHS as Best of Seinfeld 100th Episode. 
Yeah. <laughs> the, the way that's titled makes it sound like it's the best moments of the 100th episode, singular episode. <laughs> that would be great if it was a clip show of the 100th episode, and it's only that, that 45 seconds of Jared. <laughs> like, yeah. Or it's just like, guys, remember all the best moments from this one episode? <laughs> And, and and then like somebody who finds that tape go like later on goes in and is like oh man I I remember the 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 best moments of the 100th episode of Seinfeld so I gotta go and find the 100th episode and they go and watch highlights of a hundred and it's just a clip show <laughs> thinking that all of the moments from highlights of a hundred happened in the 100th episode like yeah, wow yeah, this like, has got to be the, this is gonna be the greatest show of all time God. <laughs> That reminds me of one of my favorite bits of all time was about the Clerks cartoon. I was just reading, um, I guess they must come up on an anniversary or something, that I was just reading um, a history of the Clerks cartoon, this like novel length. I think I only got halfway through it, but what's great about it is their second episode is a clip show, and they only had one other episode. So like it's, it's flashback <laughs> to, and it's that classic style of sitcom, because I wish Seinfeld would have done it in the classic way, like, Remember that time we blah, 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 and then it would like fade oh to my the clips, God. you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what they did. Like, hey, remember that time, blah, blah, blah. And it was like just earlier, either in that episode or in the previous episode, which was episode one. Like, remember that time we blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, that was last week. It's hilarious. Uh, how long did Clerks, the, the cartoon, run for? I, I've never seen it, but I, I feel like I would love it. Oh, yes, you would. And I think, and they're talking about rebooting it too, because uh, hey, cartoons are, everyone wants to do cartoons now because. You don't need to film anybody or have mm-hmm. social, you know, it's, it's yeah, all you, socially you can, distanced. You, you can animate remotely. You can you can <laughs> yeah. do voice work remotely. Yeah. Every, yep. pretty much every uh, Hollywood actor either has access to or has their own recording booth, you know? Bingo. Yeah. So they're thinking it might be the perfect time to bring it back. On the actual run on ABC, it ran for, I think, <laughs> actually three episodes. It was on ABC? Are you shitting yeah. me? No. <laughs> what the hell? I know. And they definitely did not know what they were getting into when they got it. Not that it's like even, it's not even dirty or anything. It's just funny and irreverent and weird. And and they just didn't think people would respond to it. And, and for sure, like, I don't think those first three episodes got stellar ratings. But I remember watching it when it debuted. And I was like, this is the show for me. And then, <laughs> and then also they did a thing where I think they ran it out of order. So that clip mm. show didn't even make sense. It, it, the joke <laughs> didn't even land because... You know, it, it failed immediately because it, it wasn't. It, I think it either ran first or second oh or, or third or something. Like it, it was supposed to run in order and it didn't. And Wait, so actually, I I think I remember. I don't know if it was a podcast I was listening to or just a, an interview with Kevin Smith uh, or a Q and A or something. But I think I remember him saying uh, that the clip show aired first. Yes, I think that's right. Uh, so, so the clip show aired as the premiere of the show. Yeah, so the joke bombed immediately because it was supposed to be a clip show after the first episode. <laughs> oh, my and, God. And so I think they ran three total, but I think there's only six total. But wow. they're six of the best half hours of cartoons you're ever going to watch. It's just absolutely <laughs> now so that, funny. Now that ABC, and it may have even been um, at the time, but now that ABC is owned by Disney, I'm just picturing like Clerks, the animated series, being on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh my god. Look at you know it was made to run on TV so it would be one of the spiciest things on Disney Plus but it wouldn't you know it wouldn't be it's not filthy because it was made to run during prime time. So yeah, absolutely. And, and it was owned by Disney at the time and there's little shots here and there about 
about Disney, but nothing, mm. you know, it's just irreverent. There's nothing disrespectful, um, <laughs> except there's one. So you've probably seen that animated. There's an anime sequence of Clerks, a cartoon that's become kind of famous. And the one catchphrase from the show that people remember is who is driving. Oh, no, Bear is driving. How can this be? Does that sound familiar? Have you ever seen that or heard uh, that? I don't know. Oh, uh, well, anyway, so there, there's this like they couldn't finish the episode. And so the Korean animators finished it. And it's like this anime style. <laughs> and in that scene, there's a mouse. There's a cartoon mouse whipping the animators. And so oh that's kind God. of their one sort of jab at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but well, if you think the, the, uh, the title is clunky, you should look at the actual VHS because there's currently a copy on Amazon. For twenty three dollars and ninety four cents, that's hmm. kind of an odd price. You know, like twenty three ninety five. No, yeah. twenty three ninety four. Hmm. One cent off, and the cover looks like ass. It's like a screen grab. <laughs> it's like somebody took a film picture of their TV. Because keep in mind, this is ninety five. So yeah, someone took a. It's like a. I say screen grab, but literally, it's probably a a photo of someone's television set. Jerry looks caught off guard. It's like during the stand up set. And it's like, yeah, that's good. Take one picture. Don't do it again. <laughs> Don't make sure he's smiling. Don't get him making any expression except in the middle of talking. That's the expression we're looking for. And God. best of is in like the default font. Also in giant quotation marks. Like the person who made the cover is like, yeah, this is the best of like quote unquote best of. I'm like, who made this cover? Th those are unnecessary quotation marks. I'm trying to look for this now. What did you say the VHS was so, called? It's on it, Amazon? It's called, it's called Best of Seinfeld 100th Episode. <laughs> I know. Catchy. How could you forget that? Hey, have you watched Best of Seinfeld 100th Episode? You want to come over, come over and watch my new VHS Holy copy of... Holy shit. I'm looking at it now. What the fuck? Doesn't it look like a bootleg? <laughs> it looks like a bootleg. It's totally a bootleg. <laughs> but I think that's the real thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is so bad. I'm surprised they spelled Seinfeld right. Twenty three ninety four. Twenty three ninety four. But hey, free shipping on orders over twenty five dollars. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Only one left in stock. Better yeah. hurry. I was honestly shocked. I was like, oh, I wonder. I bet this is a collector's item. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read the description? Best of Seinfeld, 100th episode. In this episode, Jerry and the crew are up to, and, and this is capitalized, no good. <laughs> that's also, that's. I'm sure that was written by the same person who put the quotes around best of, because to me, that sounds like they don't approve. Like, they're up to no good. <laughs> the... the, the, the Oh my god, the quotes are on best of. This makes me think of like, uh, and I, I love how she does this. My grandma, uh, anytime she gives like a, a birthday card to someone, instead of just like just writing like their name on the card, she'll put their name in quotes. Like if, if I get a birthday card for my grandma, it'll be to uh, uh, quote unquote Teddy. Oh my, and in quotes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Krim, that, that that's actually my name. You don't you don't have to put uh, it in quotes. <laughs> as, as they're like, it, it, this whole time, my name has been a front, and my name is actually Lorenzo. Have you seen your birth certificate? <laughs> I think it's time to look. <laughs> the other thing I thought you were going to say, here's what I love that old people do with cards, is like they will accentuate words that were already printed on the card, like underline things. My gram like, does put, that. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. She'll 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 write like uh uh like I I I love you and she'll like uh, underline love and you like three times. I'm like th thank you, Graham. I love you too. If it's 
You mean the I love you that's like written? I'm talking about like, so it says on the front, like, happy birthday. She'll, she'll do both. And it's like she'll printed. do both. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and she'll like underline birthday and like put quotes around happy. It's like, wait a second. What? <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah. Or they add exclamation points. Like, yes. this is not emphatic enough. I want them to know. <laughs> I love it. I love, I love, that. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> So basically, that's all I have for the uh, the opening. <laughs> I don't trivia. know. I don't know how we got to this point. <laughs> <laughs> it was the quotes around best of. I think. Oh my god. Um, okay. Uh, we do have something in Newman's mail sack. Uh, we've actually got two things in Newman's mail sack. Uh, we're just going to touch on one of them today. Uh, so we'll do that at the end of the show. Uh, but if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show. We like to do our homework uh, the week after as though we are assigning it to ourselves. Uh, I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. If we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us a tweet or send us an email at nohugging on Twitter or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description or in the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please Please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts, and we will send you a no-hugging, no-learning sticker free of charge. Just please be sure to send us your address uh, just in an email or a DM as well. Uh, You can also review the show on any other platform, uh, whether that be Podcast Addict or any other site. Uh, But if you do that, we also just need to see a screenshot just to make sure you're not lying to us. Uh, with all that being said, Season 6, Episode 15, The Beard, original air date, February 16th, 1995. I was two years, one month, and 27 days old. And if you count this episode and every other episode we have, Tim, we have 75 episodes before we become a compilation VHS review podcast. <laughs> I love it. All right. So if you are looking at TV Guide the night of February 16th, you are going to see Elaine tries to change a gay man and George and his date have similar problems. At least they put man after that. I could see in 95 them not doing that. <laughs> what? Just leave it as Elaine tries to change a gay? <laughs> exactly. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> So we start with a stand-up bit as usual, and this is one of those classic Seinfeld bits that I just remember from like his original hour, and it's about wanted posters at the post office and how that's a very optimistic way of fighting crime because Jerry's like, I look at the guy behind me, and if that's not him, I've done basically all I can do. <laughs> uh, and then I like this bit, too. Why, why don't they just hold on to him after they take the picture? I, I always thought that was very funny, and like it's one of those bits that like is dumb, but it's not so dumb as if you think one more step, because I don't know the procedure. You know, like I know that people get a mugshot, you go to jail, you post bail, you don't show up, show back up. Like that's mm-hmm. that's true, but the the criminal justice system is much more intricate than that, and so it doesn't fall apart because I'm working at the same level of intelligence on it as Jerry is. Like, yeah, that's that's funny. Like <laughs> that's why it's the front side, that's the picture, and then the other side is him walking out the door. That's yeah. why they get the side shot. I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> I, and uh, the the rare bit of physical comedy here and it's not it's not even like super physical but he's like and as they're running out the door and he just like pantomimes like running right out the door (laughs) yeah like like one step though and then freezes yeah and (laughs) yeah i like that so we open in jerry's apartment and elaine and jerry are eating chinese food elaine announces she is going to the ballet as a beard uh there's a i think this is a friend of a friend is what she says who she's going to be the beard yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's exactly what she says, how, how she puts and his, it. And his boss 
probably won't be able to handle that he is gay. So Elaine is going as his date, and she's really psyched because it's because Jerry's like, "Why are you doing this?" She's like, "Swan Lake at the Met." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's very <laughs> that's very high society. And um, it's interesting, you know, that for some reason, and this episode is going to be a, a double dose of this, I think, that, uh, you know, just this week that we're recording this, uh, the Supreme Court struck down the fact that now, you know, you can't be fired for being LGBT. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which Wait, is pretty just... interesting because this guy's like, well, his boss is very conservative. And if he found out he's gay, he could be fired like in, in 95 or hell, I guess in 2019, that could have happened. <laughs> yeah. But... Jesus. <laughs> In the first six months of 2020, it could have happened. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting that this episode comes up just this week. Um, and Kramer comes in because he smelled Chinese food. Anytime anyone's giving anything away for free or he smells Jerry has food, I mm-hmm. think Kramer runs over. <laughs> and so he's uh, chowing down. George comes in and he is still wearing his toupee. And here we get George Clappin Wiggle dot gif, a did, very famous. Did you uh you, you heard what George like buzzed up with? He's definitely mimicking uh the personality that Gary had in the last episode. Uh, like yes, he, he yes. just he's just super confident, but George buzzes up and he's like, get it on with your bad self. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it's, every time he buzzed up, I thought it was Kramer. I was like, why is Kramer trying to buzz in? <laughs> Because it really sounded like like Kramerism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I did, I did notice that. And then we do get a very famous Seinfeld gif of him doing the clap and wiggle. Still very <laughs> excited about his toupee. He's beaming. Do we, He's uh, confident. Okay, off topic. Do we know where George lives now? No, but I, I'm pretty sure it's in the city. Okay, but they, they've never showed George's apartment since he's moved out from, from his parents. Right. Okay. Yeah, we haven't seen it. Uh, Elaine says he looks ridiculous. Uh, this is where I notice that Superman is on the bookshelf, by the way. Mm. Uh, Kramer is, thinks that George looks great, and he even has a friend who is moving to the city that he wants to hook up with George, and he doesn't have a picture of her, but George has to see a picture. And if only we had Facebook or even just maybe even phones at this point, Kramer could have probably <laughs> looked up her Facebook profile, you know, yeah, or Instagram or something. We we were um we were only a couple years away at this point from uh from uh, like mainstream social media because uh, I yeah. mean obviously Facebook wasn't the first, MySpace wasn't the first, but Friendster, uh, maybe Friendster. I was on Friendster. Uh, when was Friendster? Was Friendster at the turn of the millennium? Yeah, I want to say that was not like because I went to college in '99, and that's when it all kind of started. Okay, really kind of popping. You you graduated college in '99, correct? No, no, that that was when I was. A oh, freshman. okay, okay. So I'm I'm guessing like I, I don't know. W- were there photos on Friendster? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, even before, even pre Friendster, we had even in '95. This was the uh, advent of AOL and Prodigy and CompuServe and, and very early internet stuff. There, I'm sure there was a way to share photos at that point. Although it wasn't, it was all very text based at that point. So you know the the photos were forthcoming yeah but yeah. still there, there would have been a way i would think to because like when you ha- when you went on aol you didn't have a profile you know mm, what i mean okay yeah that's right you just had an email or whatever <laughs> so yeah profile but but yeah we're, we're only a couple of years away from him being able to go oh let me look up her friendster page i think we're friendsters <laughs> hey hey, um, hey hey kramer what's her email oh her email is sexygirl69 at, <laughs> at aol.com of course <laughs> So, but Kramer's like, you know what? I know a sketch artist who can make a composite sketch, a police sketch artist. So uh, that's the plan now. Uh, Out on the street, Kramer uh, has asked Jerry earlier if he could 
take the leftover Chinese food and give it to a homeless person. And Kramer does that. He gives a leftover Chinese food to, did you recognize this guy? No. Who was it? Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Oh my God. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't no recognize him as Uncle Rico hair, but it definitely is. I had no idea. Actually, now that you mention it, uh, and okay, I guess, I guess it's skipping like way forward into the episode. Once he um, has more hair on his yeah. head, I guess I can see it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he gives it to Uncle Rico, who I will, he doesn't have a name, so I'm going to call him that for the rest of the episode here. <laughs> home, home, uh, homeless Rico. Homeless Rico. Um, maybe this is canon, where like Uncle Rico fell on hard times, and then and then he got his van that he moved into later on. You know. And then he just went to visit his uh, nephews in Oklahoma or wherever they were. Yeah, and then just stayed there, exactly. Uh, And he gives the the guy some um, Chinese food and Tupperware. Uh, Over at the 10th Precinct, we meet the sketch artist who is taking Kramer's direction as to what this woman looks like. And Kramer's friend, when George finally does get to see the composite, is just very good looking, very gorgeous. Meanwhile, Jerry is interested in a hot cop named Sergeant Tierney. Did you also like write down and refer to who refer to her uh, henceforth in the episode as hot cop? No, I, <laughs> I wrote down I wrote down Sergeant Tierney mm-hmm. like most of the time and I was like I'm just going to write down Sergeant. I'm sick of writing <laughs> Tierney. I, I this wrote, is way too long. I wrote Sergeant Tierney uh, like just for name recognition first and then every other instance in my notes I wrote down oh, okay hot cop. Hot cop. Yeah. Out on the street on the walk home, Jerry is definitely going to give Sergeant Tierney a call because he, quote, likes having the law on my side. He likes the idea of having the law on my side. <laughs> I know, I know. Very interesting. Like, well, Jerry, you're a you're a white guy, so you're you're, you're a you're a wealthy white man, Jerry. I don't think that was male. ever I don't think that was ever in doubt. Yeah. And uh, Uncle Rico, meanwhile, will not give Kramer the Tupperware back. <laughs> And a, a bit of a chase ensues. I thought this was going to be a bigger issue. Like they were like, oh, when you loan Tupperware to people, when you give them, when you bring them something, are they supposed to give it back? Or is it implied that you get to keep it? Or is it implied that you, but they never really got into that little bit of, you know, etiquette, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it, it's almost never, ever brought up again. What do you, wh- where do you stand on this? I think, well, these days we've even introduced tiers of Tupperware. So you have the disposable Tupperware that we reuse. I mean, we have, quote unquote, disposable Tupperware that we've had for a decade, probably. Um, But so that if someone gives you that, I think that is not expected back. Christmas cookies, for instance, sometimes come in those now, you know, like they, they have little fun designs on the side and they're like five for five bucks or something at the grocery store. And they're you can tell they're cheaply made if it's a harder plastic that you can tell maybe they use often, even though if it's clean, but you're like, oh, this is something, then yes, you should return it. That's yeah. where I stand. I, I, I feel like I'm in the in the same boat. Like we had some pretty cheap Tupperware uh, that I, I wouldn't be upset if uh, if it like went missing or if we gave it to someone and never got it back. But like mm-hmm. the, the cinnamon roll that I just finished up actually is in a, a harder plastic uh, like Rubbermaid Tupperware that we just got. Mm. It's it's mm-hmm. it's really nice, uh, re- really solid. It doesn't feel like it's going to fall apart. It's not flimsy. If someone thought like, oh, I'm this is mine now. I'm keeping this. If I gave mm-hmm. them something in one of those Tupperware containers, I'd be upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rightly so. Yeah, you can tell the difference, I think, these days between Tupperware you're supposed to keep and Tupperware you're supposed to return. Over at the Met... 
the uh, boss and his wife are kind of incredulous about Elaine and Robert. We find out his name is that's uh, the guy that Elaine is at uh, doing the doing a little favor for, <laughs> and they, they you can tell they sort of suspect that Robert's gay, so they're surprised that Elaine is with him, and so she really overcompensates about Robert's straightness <laughs> and talks about how much he loves sports, but he also loves ballet or going to see Liza Minnelli. Oh my god! Like she <laughs> yeah. she thought saying that he loves she thought saying that he loves watching Liza Minnelli belt a couple of tunes was gonna mean that he's straight. But that's the other half. She was like, he's got that very manly half, but he's also got this sensitive <laughs> half. And so that really makes up, you know, a great man or something like that. And, and then when Robert comes back, she like plants a really big kiss on him. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, over at Monk's, Elaine had a great night at on the date or the quote unquote date with Robert. And it comes out and Jerry's like, you can't be serious that Elaine really likes him. Mm -hmm. And I, I love, it's interesting, Jerry's choice of words here. He's like, you know, you're not conversion. You're not thinking <laughs> conversion. They start talking about getting him to change teams. And Jerry says, when you join that team, it's not a whim. I can't tell if this is problematic or not. I, um, I don't, I don't know if it is or not because, uh, <laughs> I, I, he doesn't say he doesn't say choose or when you pick that team, but he does say when you join that team. It does insinuate a choice, but but it doesn't. But it but it doesn't in a way because you could say, oh, that you know, I joined that team. Yeah, he he also says like uh, again, not saying it's a choice, and he doesn't say these exact words, but he alludes to like once you join that team, you're on that team. Yeah, it's that's your team. You don't you don't leave that team. So I. I, I mean, we, we could uh, talk to somebody and see if this is problematic or not. I would venture the guess that it's not. Yeah, it, do, it certainly because it I mean, we, we, like we've yeah. seen we've seen how um, uh, d decidedly a little bit progressive the writers are and, and how mm -hmm. and how Larry David is in writing the show, like going back to the episode where the uh, the journalist thought that George and Jerry were gay mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and that won them what a glad award. Yeah, yeah, that and that introduced like not that there's anything wrong with that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I would, uh, I would go out on a limb and say there, this isn't problematic, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like it. But Elaine's like, why can't he play for our team? And Jerry says they're only comfortable with their equipment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, up in the apartment, Jerry is talking on the phone to Sergeant Tierney, setting up a date, and he asks her if. Are you going to bring your gun? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> so here's an interesting little bit of double dipping because he's like, yeah, you know what? I don't know. We get in an argument and he's telling this to a police officer, a New York police officer. Who knows what you're capable of? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. A lot of people are asking that question right now. <laughs> That's actually not a bad sign if you're headed to a march. <laughs> Who knows what you're capable of? <laughs> Uh, and Kramer comes in looking for some Tupperware from Jerry because he made a casserole and now it's going to ruin because I guess he gave away the one big <laughs> Tupperware bowl that he had he only, and without the trademark burp, the Tupperware is going to go bad. He only had or one, one piece of Tupperware. I guess so. Or maybe it was the only one big enough and he can't like mm. split it up and in, into enough small ones because it was one of those big bowls. Yeah, but who's putting, uh, who's putting a casserole in a bowl? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know how he would have. <laughs> It must not have been an, a nice, like, baked casserole that has something on top. It must, it must have been 
a maybe like a, a pasta salad or something. Mm, you maybe know, that can get kind of tussled up. <laughs> but that's not what I think when I think casserole. I no. think it's something you bake and then. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm thinking like a pasta dish or something yeah. that uh, with a cheese it, or crumb breadcrumb topping. Absolutely. Which if yeah. you're if you're in a pinch, just put foil on the pan and put that in the fridge. Problem solved. Yeah. Bingo. But Boom. it doesn't have, as he says, the trademark burp. Even Jerry <laughs> says, put it in a plastic bag. But he wants that trademark burp that guarantees freshness or something like that. Uh, George enters with it, and he's got a pick comb. Oh, my God. Hilarious. He, he's picking his wig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he talked to Kramer's friend on the phone uh, for two hours the night before, and they're definitely going to see each other. And Kramer insinuates that they might have hooked up, which I also figured would have been a deal breaker for George immediately. Yeah, well, I, I mean, George is like, yeah, she she's very fond of you. And uh, George kind of like he he drops his arm with the pick and he's like, why didn't anything happen between you two? Kramer's just who's to say that it didn't. Yeah. And, and George does take pause, mm-hmm. but then it's just brushed over. I would figure <laughs> that would be, you know, very like have, we've gotten to the episode right where. Oh, yeah. Where the woman had dated Newman. Oh, and yeah, that's right. Dating, and he called it off like, all right, that's a deal breaker for me right there. You know. <laughs> So I can't believe it wasn't for for George here, but but then again, George you know doesn't have many prospects, and he thinks this woman's gorgeous, so it must not matter to him. <laughs> but we we learn that George didn't tell uh, uh, we uh, we get her name here, uh, uh, Denise. He didn't tell Denise about the toupee, and mm-hmm. uh, and Jerry obviously thinks that he should. But it's in this instance we start to learn that the toupee is affecting George's brain. <laughs> yeah i like that jerry called it his hair hat you tell her about uh your little hat your hair hat <laughs> and, and, and george is almost like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah yeah but you know this goes to something again not to jump too far ahead but that it's not a lie if you believe it so george <laughs> doesn't think that he's being untruthful he he believes that's his hair it's mm-hmm. on his head you know right. um so I did notice Superman is on the fridge here, and I did notice something else about Jerry's fridge. He keeps his Jif, his peanut butter, in the refrigerator. Really? Yeah. Huh. I found that odd. That is odd. That's very odd. Cold peanut butter. I wonder how that would know. taste. Yeah. I, I, and I like wonder it, how it spreads. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I feel like it wouldn't spread nearly as easy, easily, no. but then again, if it's cold Jif spreading on hot toast, it might spread easier. Yeah, it might give you a nice little even, but then at that point, just keep it in, keep it at room temperature because that will probably warm it up to room temperature. You know, mm, maybe it's odd peanut butter, peanut peanut butter in the fridge. What's going on uh, out on the street? Kramer apologizes to Uncle Rico and puts change. It drops a, a bit of change into a cup that he's holding, which turns out to be Uncle Rico's coffee. <laughs> was this revenge? Did he know that was coffee and purposefully ruined it because he wasn't getting his Tupperware back? I don't think so, because looking at Kramer's face after Uncle Rico says, hey, that was my coffee. Kramer looks back and he gives his like Kramer like, ooh. Yeah. But what does that mean? Was that whoops or was that gotcha, you I, son of a bitch? You should have given my <laughs> Tupperware back. I, I think it was more a whoops than, than yeah. anything else. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a ooh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. I was wondering. <laughs> so over at the tenth precinct, which at this point I was like, "Hey, where is the tenth precinct?" And that's the actual <laughs> outside of the tenth precinct of NYPD. Oh wow! It's, it's still at two thirty 
West 20th Street in Chelsea. I know normally we see the the outside facade of a building once for the first time, and you do like a 30-minute deep dive on the history of that yeah. building, but this is like the fourth time we've seen this so far. It was only, yeah, it was only at this point that I was like, hey, wait a second, I bet there is a real 10th precinct, <laughs> and that's the actual exterior. Wow, I, I, that, that's actually kind of cool that they, yeah, they just filmed yeah. the real thing. And it's got, uh, the 10th precinct has uh, 3.7 stars on Google reviews. <laughs> Okay. How many dollar signs does it have? Oh, I don't. I didn't look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sergeant Tierney needs extras for a lineup that's happening, and Kramer volunteers because it's a sweet fifty bucks. Is this something Man. you get paid for? I did not know that, but count me I, in. I'll stay there all day. Yeah, put me in like put me in uh, lineups all day long. Give me eight hours of lineups. You know? Yes. Jesus. Yeah. Thank you. That is pretty amazing. I don't know why you pass that up. Uh, in the lineup, we see that Kramer is six foot six with his hair. Oh my God! Yeah, I know. Hey, Kramer. Uh, I mean, we we see it in comparison to George and Jerry and and <laughs> Elaine. Really, that he's the tall one, but it, you uh, you there's really no frame for just how tall he is <laughs> until here. Yeah, we get actual measurements. I mean, that the the top part of the. The hair that's sticking up the most is six foot six. And so <laughs> I'd say without, he's still easily like what six three. Uh, I, I, yeah, six two, six three. Yeah, and he instead of turning to his left, he turns to his right. He's uh, we just kind of get a little funny bit of uh, physical humor here. Over at Monks, George is meeting Kramer's friend, and he uh, she is gorgeous. He's very impressed, and then he's like, "I don't want you to take off your hat and stay a while." <laughs> and the camera zooms in the, on George's troubled face. The hard zoom in on George. <laughs> I I after watching this, I had to take it back. I'm like. Wait, that, that this is a camera motion we have never seen before in the show. I thought it looked odd, too. It felt it was, weird. It was odd, but it definitely helped to sell the moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was like Hitchcockian in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, like, <laughs> it was like those shots where they zoomed in on a person and they would... What, what would they do? They would move the camera back while they zoomed in so it looked like the background was you know, was expanding as well as the foreground or whatever, yeah. like that that weird camera trick that, that they would do in those old movies. It, it reminded me of that. Uh, over at the 10th Precinct, uh, they're, you know, kind of get Jerry's kind of getting a tour from Sergeant Tierney, and uh, there's a polygraph there, which is, uh, as you civilians call it, a lie detector. And Sergeant Tierney says, oh, the famous faces that have been in here, uh, like a certain cast member of Melrose Place. <laughs> and... Jerry says he does not watch Melrose Place, and Sergeant Tierney thinks he is lying, and she was like, oh, maybe we should uh, put you on the polygraph. Let me uh, stop here and ask you what your what your experience, what your uh, relationship with Melrose Place is. I, I've literally never seen it. I, I know <laughs> that it exists, but I don't yeah. know anything about it. Can you name anybody, anybody that was in the cast? Nope. No. I, if I'm, I, can, I think I can only name one, and that's Heather Locklear. So I don't know. We're definitely (laughs) going to have to do a bit of a dive. I don't know how deep it will go on Melrose Place, but I'm curious what Melrose Place cast member was in trouble in 95, maybe in Chelsea. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk a little Melrose Place because the only I I don't have much. I was much too young. You know, in 95, I wasn't interested in it. I was, you know, still what, uh, 14 or something like that. And but I remember it like maybe even being on the same night as 90210. I think those shows were paired up a lot and yeah it was just a nighttime soap opera that's all i really oh, remember okay. about it i, I didn't yeah, know if it I, was like a soap opera or if it was like a like a the hills or or something like that 
Yeah, no, it, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't reality. It was definitely scripted. But okay. um, but yeah, it was. It was you know similar to nine hundred two one zero, just about this apartment complex uh, called Melrose Place, I guess. No, oh, okay. Um, and yeah, just very much the same as is that you know melodramatic, uh, melodramatic and stuff like that. Over in the apartment, Elaine is laughing at the fact that Jerry watches Melrose Place, but also she's kind of bummed that they could have been talking about it this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we learn here uh, Jerry's a, a super fan of Melrose Place. He watches it oh, yeah. every single week, uh, but he's just embarrassed about it because it's just too stupid. Yeah, yeah. It was a very much like a female-targeted show, so mm-hmm. I can understand for guys. You know, I mean, if they wrote this in 2020, it would be about The Bachelor, I think, or something. You think so? You know? I don't know. I, I feel like, well, I, I feel like The Bachelor is a little more mainstream. Yeah, but it's still, it's still, I feel like, embarrassing for a guy to watch by himself. You know, for Jerry to want to watch it on his own and keep up with it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I can't think of a, like, what's like a nighttime soap that's still on now? You know, oh, maybe like Grey's Anatomy. It might be about Grey's Anatomy, too, even though that one's on its way out, too, I think. I think so. Man, I, I don't know. Uh, every I, time that every time that show comes back, I'm like, oh, this is the final season, right? Like, no. <laughs> it, I don't know why I think it should be done by now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Grey, Grey's Anatomy, might, they might have written it about that. Like, you watch Grey's Anatomy? We never talked about it. <laughs> um, I got to point out here, sometimes the fashion is the headline, and I got to point out Jerry's gigantic triple XL blue button-up shirt. Hell yeah. This thing hung off of him like a monk's <laughs> robe. The, I mean, the sleeves were like so puffy and it was like it had to have been tucked in down to his socks. It was, <laughs> it was absolutely huge. <laughs> it's like, all right, I don't know what's going on here. But Jerry's talking about trying to beat the machine. Now he is going to take a polygraph test about whether or not he watches Melrose Place. And he's like, wait a second, I should get some advice from George. He's the most deceitful, the best liar. You know, he's like, I- I'll-, I'll look into that. And. They have a conversation as I think it's George who gets buzzed up mm-hmm. um, about Elaine's like Elaine tries some juice and it tastes awful. And Jerry asks if she shakes it and she says she doesn't anymore. And and Jerry, he shakes the juice, but he's kind of doing like the jerk off motion. Yeah. With it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wrote down. I was like a very suggestive shaking motion from Jerry. Not only is it like <laughs> right at crotch level. But it's also side to side, not like up and down or anything. It's like front. It's like <laughs> he's literally doing that towards Elaine. I'm like, this is Yikes. weird. Yeah. And it's it's very sensual, too. It's like slow. It's not like like when I shake a juice, I, I go for it. You know, I'm like Tom Cruise in cocktail. But Jerry's like and not to mention Jerry it. and not to mention Jerry does not break eye contact with Elaine. <laughs> True. Yeah. Also disturbing. <laughs> Uh, Elaine is going out with Robert once again, and she's going to try to make a move on him and see if uh, she can get him to switch teams. George comes in, meanwhile, and drops the bombshell that, as you might have expected, she's bald. And they say bald about a thousand times Mm -hmm. in the next 30 seconds. Bald, bald. (laughs) She's bald. bald, She's bald, bald, Jerry. She's bald. (laughs) Yeah. Bald. She's bald. Elaine's like, oh, maybe she went to like a salon or something. And and George says, I don't think anybody ever goes into a salon and says, give me the Larry Fine. Who is Larry Which, Fine? I think that's the guy from the Three Stooges. I think that's Larry from the Three Stooges. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll double check on that. But uh, Kramer comes in and he is shocked about hearing that his friend is now now bald, I guess. I guess. 
Th- yeah. This was a little, uh, not startling, but this just kind of stood out to me. Like, there's plenty of bald women in 2020. Like, I, I guess uh, I guess it just wasn't a-, a trend, a fashion trend in the 90s for women to shave their heads. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, did she shave her head or was she losing her hair? I get the impression from the other conversations about it that she's losing her hair. Maybe. That she's lost her hair. Maybe, or it-, it-, it could just be that no one is... Uh, it ha- has seen a woman who has made the choice to shave her head. Yeah, and and when he says so, when he says, "Give me the Larry Fine," I think that was an indication. Like, so Larry Fine had kind of, you know, the 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 standard like horseshoe bald mm-hmm. head where it was like very like fuzzy on the sides, but nothing, absolutely nothing on top. I get the impression that that's what hers is. You know, it looks <laughs> like George's essentially. You know, <laughs> and because uh, that that when Elaine brought that up, like. So she's seen like, you know, supermodels in 95 were probably doing that, you know, and so she's like, oh, she probably went to a salon and wanted to shave it. And so I get the feeling that it's it's just some sort of natural hair loss or Mm, something. Okay. But Elaine points out the irony to George, you're bald. (laughs) And and George says, I was bald. (laughs) Yeah. George just does not see the irony here. (laughs) (laughs) And Elaine, I love how she goes for it. Like she she makes a move to George and he like to like <laughs> to grab his toupee off his head and George kind of blocks him but Elaine but he tries to run out of the door Elaine catches George grabs the toupee and throws it out the window and talk about all I wonder how many times they had to shoot this to get the perfect timing so that George and the blinds hit the bottom of the windowsill at the exact same time because it's absolutely <laughs> perfect because he runs to try to catch it. And it falls, and Uncle Rico picks it up and puts it on. Which, as I alluded to, here is, uh, he does look like Uncle Rico with the toupee on now. Yeah. Post-date with Robert, Elaine invites Robert upstairs, which he's kind of confused about. Mm -hmm. But Elaine asks if he's interested in changing teams. And here's where the metaphor breaks down for me. Robert says he's a starting shortstop. What is that? (laughs) Oh, you, you didn't, you didn't, uh, like, is he, uh, I, I guess, like, not only is he a, a, a very integral part of his team. Yeah, but, okay. But he, he's a starting member of that team. Like, he is one of the, he's the most integral player of his team. So he's a very attractive mate for other teammates. I guess so. Okay, yeah, he's, I, I guess that's what he was saying, and. And Elaine says that they really could use a short shortstop on their team. <laughs> She's like, we too. need a shortstop real bad. <laughs> I guess I just didn't know enough about baseball, okay. you know, to know that the shortstop is that. Yeah, yeah. It, like if he would have said, "I'm I'm starting in right field," that's where I played baseball. So I'd be like, uh, "Oh, you're a bad. You're not an attractive <laughs> gay person. I, Nobody wants you." I'm st- I'm starting in right field. Yeah, right field is where they put all the kids that can't catch. I <laughs> yeah. I, I was in right field as well. Yep, I was right right in right field. Just, uh, <laughs> just sitting down, blowing dandelions. Yeah. Well, all so. the uh, m- the majority of kids are right handed, and if you're right handed, there's a very <laughs> good percentage you're hitting to center or left field. So there's yeah. nothing going to right field. Yeah, that's all I knew about baseball. Where the bad players are put, I didn't know where the good players are put. <laughs> yeah, good good players are put uh, in shortstop and uh, left field. If you're if you're yeah. going uh, shortstop for infield, left field for outfield. 
I feel like first base is pretty important too. I remember that being first first base is important, spot. but you don't have yeah. to really like go out of your way. You just have to be sure to like catch things that are thrown to you. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. You pretty much gotta you gotta post up right there. Uh, and so, all right, metaphor back for me. <laughs> Thank you. Over at Monks, George has lost his toupee and he feels better he feels like his old self again i'm inadequate i'm paranoid he goes over all of his horrible you know personality traits and uh uh so he, he feels very good about it and he's you know what he's going to keep seeing the bald woman hmm, okay yeah and i like that jerry says it's like you've had a religious awakening you're bald again which is hilarious. Obviously, it'd play on Born Again. <laughs> uh, but uh, obviously, Jerry, um, he's asking George for help with the polygraph because he says that George is one of the most uh, notorious liars that he's ever known. Yeah, and George is like, I, I'm, I just can't teach you anything. It's like going up to Pavarotti and saying, teach me to sing like you. <laughs> <laughs> and so Jerry resigns himself to taking this test. and But the one bit of advice that George can give to Jerry, which is also a greatest hits quote, is, remember, it's not a lie if you believe it, which is great advice if you're trying to lie. <laughs> I do notice here, and this is just another kind of interesting background scene, as Jerry is leaving, we could get a great shot of Monk's hours and Monk's is open from 6 30 in the morning to 2 30 in the morning really oh my yeah. god <laughs> Jeez. they're closed for four hours every day <laughs> and I know that's like you know I, I had a friend that used to live in New York and I've been there a couple times and I know that's you know very common because it is it's the city that never sleeps baby but what, what always stuck out to my buddy when he when we would go to places like that he was like yeah this place is closed for like two hours a day but it's always the same staff. He was like, I've, I've been in here at every hour of the day, and it's always the same people working here, and they're only closed. He was like, they must not sleep. I don't know what goes on, but <laughs> I've only ever seen the same people here. So, you, yeah, I, I have a feeling that Ruthie is still behind the cash register at Monk's from <laughs> 6.30 to 2.30 every single day. You've got the same employees, but instead of working like five eight-hour shifts, they work two 20-hour shifts a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it... it I don't think this would be 6.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. like they're not open for dinner because we've seen them there late, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely 6.30 in the morning to 2.30 in the morning. And then they all sleep for four hours. <laughs> and then they're right back at it, baby. Jerry runs into Elaine out on the street and she breaks the news to Jerry that she turned him. She, I guess, was able to hook up with Robert. I like the fact that you know, I like when Jerry's like, how did you do it? She's like, because I'm a woman. A boom, baba, boom, baba. <laughs> but, uh, and she does like a little 50s striptease move. And Jerry here, he gives Elaine the Elaine shove. Uh, yeah, get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. We, it's been a while since we've seen it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Elaine says Robert is the perfect man because it's all sex and shopping. <laughs> uh, oh, back at the 10th precinct, Kramer is in another lineup. And this time he is trying to point out which one of them is the suspect with his <laughs> eyes and, and kind of nonchalantly doing it. So that's kind of funny. Uh, out in the bullpen, Jerry is hooked up to the polygraph test. We get uh, his definite address here, 129 West 81st Street, hmm, okay. which is interesting. Yeah, this must be where it comes from. I don't remember him uh, saying that before. I don't remember it coming up. So I was wondered where you could look up, you know, where is Jerry's apartment? And this address would pop up. And now we know. I love this scene because... They cat so Sergeant Tierney is there, but she is not 
administering the polygraph test, they've gotten like a hardened NYPD detective with like the cigar <laughs> and the accent to ask these silly questions like, did Kimberly steal Joe's baby? <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. And obviously Jerry says, I don't know. And the needles go crazy. Did Billy sleep with Alice's best friend? <laughs> and then again, the needles go crazy. And, uh, you know, the person administering the polygraph test kind of makes eyes at Sergeant Tierney. Like, wow, oh, you seeing this? And did Jane's fiance kidnap Stacy and take her to Las Vegas? And if so, <laughs> did she enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the final question is, did Jane, did I think that's it. Did Jane sleep with Michael again? And Jerry's, can't take it anymore and he says yes and he finally breaks and he starts explaining the plot of melrose place while still ranting as he rips off all the sensors and walks out of the police station caught in his lie yeah but like why why does sergeant tyranny look disappointed at this i guess because jerry's lying maybe or is she just ashamed that he watches melrose place (laughs) (laughs) he does seem like a very manly man who would look down on somebody who watched of girly show like Melrose Place, so maybe I have no idea. But I, I like I also attribute to some sort of deadpanness to him. Like he could be asking, like, "Where were you the night that this woman was murdered?" You know, like, you know, why, why were there blood stains on your shoes? Yeah, well, no, Did no, no, Billy no, no. sleep I'm, with I'm Alice's saying, best friend. He's I'm saying, asking it with the same. Yeah, I'm saying Sergeant inflection. Tierney. Sergeant Tierney looks disappointed. Oh, Sergeant Tierney. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant the guy delivering the. Oh no. But like she, well, think, she looks really upset. Like after Jerry walks out, she's just kind of like her her head's down. She's kind of like shaking her head. I'm like, uh, Tierney, you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Jerry did lie about it too, which was dumb because she was like, "You can say if you watch it. I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to think anything either way if you say you watch Melrose Place. You know." But Jerry wouldn't admit to it, <laughs> but, and now it's the end of what what maybe could have been a relationship. You know, it's just you chalk it up to another one of those dumb. Yeah, they well, didn't she, give it a fun name like yeah. high talker, or low she, talker, but yeah, she said she wasn't going to judge if he watches Melrose Place. But then as he's walking out, she's judging that he watches Melrose Place. Yeah, she's judging that his maybe that his masculinity is so fragile that <laughs> and you know that's part of it too. Like she is in a typically masculine job. She carries a gun, and that was something Jerry was threatened by as well. And so that sort of. So he's dating somebody in a masculine, typically masculine job who carries a firearm and he watches the girliest show on television and knows everything about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think there's some of that sort of like gender role at play here. Yeah. If I could if I could get a little doctoral thesis on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So up in the apartment, Robert went back uh, to his team because I guess Elaine doesn't have the same expertise as the owners of the equipment. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, she says, like, uh, uh, I only have access to this equipment, like, 30, 45 minutes a week, as opposed to people <laughs> who own the equipment and have access to it 24-7. <laughs> yeah, and Melrose Place is coming on, meanwhile. George comes in. He's excited about watching it with the gang. And Elaine is proud of George that he is continuing to date the bald woman. <laughs> and meanwhile, George, though, got rejected by the bald woman, I guess because she likes her guys a little slimmer. Oh, God. Is that so, the reason? Is that the reason George gave? That's what he said. He was like, apparently she likes her man a little slimmer, or something like that. <laughs> or on the skinnier side. He does say something like that. So George was too fat for the bald woman. Oh, God. Kramer comes in and blames the fact that George took off his toupee. If he had kept his toupee, 
that at least you know that that would have uh, helped him stick around a little bit longer, which maybe mm-hmm. is true. And uh, he he puts all the blame on Elaine. He 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 puts all the fault on Elaine. <laughs> yeah, and they start. Everyone starts fighting, except when the Melrose Place theme song comes on. Then they're all wrapped with attention at the TV, and they're all head bobbing <laughs> to the Melrose Place theme song. This was so weird. This was so yeah. weird. <laughs> and we get one final uh, epilogue here. It's another lineup, and. Kramer is in it, and they have an eyewitness to a big jewelry store break-in, and it happens to be Uncle Rico, who the only person he recognizes in the lineup is Kramer, and so guess what, Ted? He fingers Kramer in the lineup. (laughs) That's right. Oh, no. (laughs) And that's the end of the episode. Um, oh boy. Uh, okay. Did we have any homework? Uh, the only thing I, I thought of, uh, was who is Larry fine? Uh, maybe like look up his hair, but I, I think, I think we kind of answered that ourselves. Yeah. We'll double check on Larry fine, but also we'll talk a little Melrose place next okay. week and maybe, maybe break down some of the questions that the guy asked and things like that and cast members and see which one was in trouble late 94, early 95 or, or in the nineties, who was getting arrested from the cast of Melrose place. Okay, uh, did we want to come up with a better description? Uh, We can try. Okay, so we had Elaine tries to change a gay man, semicolon, George and his date have similar problems. This makes it sound, this description makes it sound like George and his date have similar problems relating to (laughs) Elaine tries to change a gay man. It does, yeah. George and his date have similar problems. Like, oh. No, no, they don't. <laughs> Wait, what? Emphasis yeah. on problems, not similar. Yeah. <laughs> Besides that, though, I don't hate it. I don't either. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of like it. I, I, again, like you, I'm glad they included the word "man" <laughs> in 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 the first in the first sentence. Because uh, I mean, as, as far as what we've seen uh, for, from the show, the '90s was just. The, the Wild West. Like, any anything <laughs> went, really. Uh, yeah, there's... not expected in 95 to be mm-hmm. man after that. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so for cover art for this episode, uh, I had the ideas, the possibilities of uh, George doesn't see the irony. Elaine throws his toupee out of the window and throws it into the street. Um, I've got Jerry, uh, his very suggestive shaking of the juice bottle. Nah. I've got... The the hard zoom in on George in Monks whenever he realizes that Denise is bald. Uh, I think that's it. Which uh, which of those do you like? I like the first one, Elaine. Yeah, Elaine grabbing the toupee, something from that sequence. Okay, all right. And yeah. lastly, we have got to get into Newman's mail sack. So let's go ahead and unzip that. Zoop. <laughs> so uh, today's Newman's mail sack entry comes from John Mara, uh, who says. Hi, buddies. I really enjoyed your episode, The Scoff Law, and while listening to it, a thought hit me. Ted sounds exactly like the comedian John Mulaney when he's getting upset, like the rant, don't plan your wedding on Super Bowl Sunday. And Tim sounds a bit like Brian or Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy. For example, (sighs) when he talks about the wave toupee, looks like a new wave hairstyle from the 80s. Uh, thank, uh, also, thanks for the tip about I think you should leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix. It looks brilliant thus far. You should make some more recommendations since you obviously have very good taste in comedy. Netflix should sponsor you. Wish you the best, John Mara, John Mara from Sweden. I mean, hey, John, we uh, we definitely would not oppose a Netflix sponsorship. I don't think they, I don't think they fucking sponsor any of even the big shows. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I 
I might have heard like <laughs> it's not Netflix, but it's like, hey, this person's got a new comedy special on yeah. Netflix. But I'm not like you should subscribe to Netflix. <laughs> I know, like anytime I even hear a Hulu ad, uh, wow, I, I really enunciated in Hulu uh, <laughs> a Hulu ad uh, on any Ooh. show. I'm like Hulu's advertising. <laughs> <laughs> But I agree. It's what a great opportunity for them to talk about getting Seinfeld than sponsoring one of the only Seinfeld podcasts out there putting out new content. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not the only one currently. Netflix, get at us. Slide into our DMs or we'll yeah. slide into yours. We'll, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll even talk <laughs> comedians getting coffee. We'll do all of the above. We'll, we'll do full reviews on everything relating to Johnny... Uh, J- Jesus Christ. Johnny, Johnny Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much we love him. We know his name. Johnny <laughs> Johnny Sonnenfeld. That's right. Johnny Sonnenfeld. I love that guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're the biggest fans. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, though. I got to say, I mean, I think Seth MacFarlane has one of the most beautiful voices in the world. So to, to be compared... To the the great uh, <laughs> Seth MacFarlane, I'll take it. And I love John Mulaney. So John, John, thank you so much. Uh, hope you got your sticker. I don't know how long uh, interna- international mail typically takes, um, but ah. I'm not I'm not sure. I hope hope you get it all right. Uh, Speaking of Netflix, have you watched the Sack Lunch Bunch? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh. No, is it good? I watched it. Yeah, I watched it because I was like, <laughs> oh, this is a kids show, and I can watch it in front of my kids. And it's not like I mean, it is. It's there's nothing inappropriate, but it's certainly deep. You is know, it it's really? Like, yeah, they talk a lot about your biggest fear and, you know, and dying and stuff like that. And there's like definitely adult jokes. And I don't mean dirty jokes, but I mean like stuff that's written not for kids. Yeah. Like, um, but it's really, they almost hit the nail on the head in the beginning of the show. It's so funny. All the kids are like, so what's like the tone of the show? And John's like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I don't know. Is it ironic or is it supposed to be funny or is it supposed to be an actual kids show? And he's like, you know what? Let's like, if it come, let's see how it comes out first, and then if people are like, "Oh, you're being ironic," we'll be like, "Yeah, definitely." But if it, you know, if it comes out really sincere, we might like win a couple of awards. It's pretty, <laughs> fu- it's pretty funny, and, and it hits like that tone of like perfect irony, but also there's amazing songs that turn the children's television genre on its ear. It's, it's hmm. really, I highly recommend it, even if you don't have kids. It's great. Did you, um, on that note, did you ever check out Kidding? I have not yet. No, no, uh, no. I didn't. And my and my showtime is up anyway. So, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I, I know, like, uh, your time with that, like, is limited, like, in the time that you wouldn't be able to watch it. Because I know right. I, I told you, like, yeah, maybe maybe don't watch this with Sarah. <laughs> it would probably probably hit some nerves. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's it's a very, very good show. But, like, it hit the, the kids show within the show is very similar to very similar to that. Yeah, yeah, it's really uh, so. I recommend that on Netflix. <laughs> Sign up for your free three month trial today, just in case we get one later. You know, now we don't have to go back and, and insert anything. <laughs> oh God. Um, okay, I think that. Oh, oh, did we have any more from? I saw we got some physical mail. Are you saving that? Uh, yes. We'll we'll uh, okay. we'll we'll read that next week purely All because right. I forgot the card at my house. Uh. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I meant to bring it, but hey, if we have two uh, consecutive weeks of Newman's Mail Sack, I'm not going to be disappointed. We'll take it. All right, so next week we have got Season 6, Episode 16, The Kiss Hello, original air date. Tim, get this, February 16th, 1995. This episode and The Kiss Hello aired on the same night. 
Whoa, a double dose. Double dose. I'm wondering if it was a uh, a promoted, like, two new episodes of Seinfeld this Thursday night on NBC. You know? Oh, had to have been. It, it had, had to have been. been. Like, that's that's a major thing. Um, oh, yeah. But if you're looking in the TV guide the night of February 16th, not only are you going to see the description for, for the episode we just reviewed, but... You're going to see Jerry stops greeting friends with a kiss and Uncle Leo puts Nana in a nursing home. Mm, I remember a little bit of this episode. I'm, I'm interested to talk about the social aspects of it, especially the kiss hello, because it's always been something in life that has weirded me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll definitely get into that uh, next week. And I want to mention, speaking of like Seinfeld promotions and stuff like that, so someone put the beginning and end of the best of what are the, what is it? oh best of seinfeld 100th episode on <laughs> youtube so you can go and watch that like everything from the tracking to the fbi warning at the beginning like it's really oh pretty my interesting God. but it also includes so the reason 100 episodes is a big deal with sitcoms is that means you have enough for syndication now mm-hmm. these days it doesn't really matter but before cuz you know like for instance you'll see shows that have way less of 100 episodes in syndication um, i know that for instance uh Comedy Central used to run the Clerks cartoon that I was talking about, and that was only six. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that used to be the big deal. That now you could make more money running it before the local news and stuff like that in that five o'clock, six o'clock spot. Yeah, so but so it's at, like at, local network affiliates, you know, like especially if you've got like a uh, hundred plus episodes. That way, it, that's why that's why you always see like before local news, like a block of Big Bang Theory, Simpsons, yeah. King of Queens, and oh. and uh, everybody loves Raymond. L- literally the, every weekday before local news. Or after the local news was when I could watch one hour of The Simpsons and one hour of Seinfeld. Like if I if oh, I timed man. it right based on the television stations, I was like, okay, this station has Simpsons on at six. This one has it on at six thirty, and then this station has two episodes of Seinfeld back to back. And I was like, perfect, <laughs> perfect post dinner pre prime time television we're watching and to go back to our conversation from a couple episodes ago. That's what I was doing in high school. I just wanted to stay home and watch The Simpsons and Seinfeld. <laughs> I like uh, that. That was one of my favorite quotes from Seinfeld on Marin. He was like, "I just wanted to stay home and watch Batman." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there is a commercial for it. Like they had it ready to go, I guess, because you see a commercial that I remember running on my local station. That's like five nights a week, five nights a week, and it was like you can watch <laughs> Seinfeld five nights a week. Uh, oh my now. god! Yeah, do you remember what so, station this was? No, not I, where was I? I was living in Virginia, definitely. So you know, it was like Fox something yeah. or Wavy TV Ten or so. You know, whatever, <laughs> whatever station paid for it. You know, yeah, five nights a week, and you know they would send it to the affiliate that bought <laughs> the syndicated episodes, and <laughs> yeah, God. it's it's pretty good. I know, good. I know, like uh, my hometown, it was uh, it was Fox Eight out of like uh, Altoona and Johnstown, PA, Ooh. Uh, that had uh, the, uh, Simpsons, Family Guy, um, yes. I, I think everybody loves Raymond and Seinfeld, uh, but before their local news. Nice. I'm trying to remember what the other third, because I know there was a third show that I didn't mind as much that would, would that would make its way into that syndicated, you know, that syndicated block that I loved. But but I can't think of it. I, I just the Simpsons and Seinfeld sticks out to me. All right, is that it? That's it. All right, for no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good.